Welcome to Starlight, a space-themed D&D opera. My name is Sam Williams, and I'm the voice behind Clive Jensen, your favorite cybernetic cowboy. I just want to take a moment to thank everyone for tuning in. This show is a passion project for all of us, and without you, it wouldn't be possible. After the show, if you could drop us a review on iTunes, this will help us further our goal of reaching the furthest corners of the galaxy and allow us to provide the best adventure for every spacer. Thank you, everyone. And with that, let us continue into Starlight. Here we go. Roll for initiative. Welcome back to Starlight. We are back in the studio. It's one day from Halloween and we're not dressed up, but hopefully you guys are and you are enjoying this episode. Wait, actually, no, you probably won't be because this is coming out. And anyways, I hope you had a great Halloween and I am Isaac, your host, Scatterbrained, and we have the privilege of having our guest back in the studio. Hi, it's me, Eris. I'm here again. And playing... Oh, yeah, I'm playing Artixis Albane, who may or may not be about to die. <laughs> may he rest in peace. <laughs> Does that mean he's going to die? I don't know. Uh, Just, I'm he's not going to die. Sam Williams, and I'm playing Clive Jensen, your favorite space cowboy. I'm Nathan, and I play Alice. He's always so like short in what he says. He's professional. Yes. He he's Atlas. <laughs> I'm Courtney, and I play Ray Byrne. Um, also, I have a cool announcement. We, I think we've shared already that we have an awesome sponsor in the Heroes Journal, and they're just a great journal tool for people to use to kind of get their life focused and on track and process goals and um, schedules, and it's, it's just a really cool way to stay organized. And also really exciting news is that we have a recording coming out with them um, where they record an episode with our lovely DM, Isaac Yorks. Um, For HistoriaCon, so oh, yeah. officially we have had a show in a convention and it was pretty awesome. Hey. So, and, uh, and I'm going to add a little bit to this, yes. but we made some visuals to go with it. It's oh, mostly nice. storyboard switching, um, but it adds a whole fun element. And so we'll make sure that that's posted uh, soon for you guys to be able to see. I just want to give credit where credit's due. We did not make visuals for it. Our lovely, amazing, creative, fantastic DM, Isaac Yorks, made visuals for it. Round of applause. Nice, nice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and you have Calcifer with you. I do. Your mouse. Yes. You got an actual mouse. Yes, the Heroes Journal sent it to me. Oh, nice. Um, if there was a camera, uh, here's my mouse, Calcifer, that Ray carries around. It is purple with pink paws um, and pink ears. Eating and good. a pink... T- yes. And so I will also have this while we're playing. 
Yep. And I will creepily pet my mouse the way Ray does. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and Eris just brought out a chicken. This is my emotional support chicken in case I die. <laughs> Go, that's going to be what we're going to squeeze every time someone rolls a nat one. That's what you should squeeze instead of clapping in the beginning. Oh, we should do that. You guys don't hear that. Anyways, before we waste too much of your time, why don't we jump into this episode of Starlight? Hey, Neuralink, access memories. Accessing. Below the shield wall, the spacers discover all manner of strange things. First is confirmation that the UFO was actually an escape pod harboring a young dragonborn with a golden egg, much like that symbolized upon the vats carried by the Palladium Pact, which had only months ago turned Atlas into the beast dubbed the Tarasque. Second, they discover an ancient chamber which Tauntaun hypothesizes to be a crypt. After spending some time exploring, the intrepid Ray's greed finally gets the best of her, and she ends up trying to steal a handful of jewels, which leads to confrontation with the Capoyarbe. By the skin of their teeth, the squad just manages to defeat the ancient being, or at least temporarily hold it at bay. But at what cost? Memories retrieved. We start with some inspiration, and I think I'm going to take control of this one. And I'm going to gift it to Artixis <laughs> for a myriad of reasons. But maybe perhaps this is a little bit of uh, hope that it gets used <laughs> just to save his little halfling hide. So we zoom in to the sound first of rushing water just coming in from all directions. It's coming both below to the side above everything is blue the mountains of fish are now everywhere hitting those of you who are still within the chamber in the face pelting you in the body rocks and rubble and it is as if there is a rip torrent coming through this hallway that is where we pick up and as this water rushes in ray the water is rushing in you're having a hard time not getting swept away with it it is pulling you further into the chamber Roll any skill not to be swept away by the rapids. Acrobatics. 22. I do a cartwheel and grab on something that's too far away to walk to. <laughs> Just to be epic. The scenery is pretty cool here. So she's, she's cartwheeling. Through the water? Yes. In she the, rolled a 22. In the middle of the water? Yes. She rolled a 22. And so then she's cartwheeling to grab on to the, the rock. Piece of rock and rubble comes flying off. One of the paintings gets ripped off and just, it barely misses you. Artixis, there is only a little bit, a little bit of light to the consciousness that you have. Everything is fading. You don't know where you are. You can hardly feel Tauntaun holding on to you. And even Tauntaun's grasp is growing weaker. You can't see anyone, anything. I need you to roll a perception roll. Nine. A brief moment. You almost just think that you see the shadow of whatever that Capoeirabe was moving, jettisoning through the water past you. <laughs> and then all goes dark. Atlas. Part of the ceiling starts to come down. You are doing 
everything in your power to not get swept away in the eddies. You see Ray go past you and this like kind of like submerged just crackle catches your attention and suddenly this huge piece of the wall just breaks allowing in more water but this huge stone is flying straight at you. What do you want to do to stop it? Skill-wise, I'll use athletics and then Atlas will try to just catch it and put it oh. to the side. 19 plus 6, 25. So he catches it. <laughs> Moves it to the side. Artixis, I need you to roll a life and death saving throw. Oh no. 13. One success out of three. Clive, you can't see a thing. You find yourself kind of like getting thrown around and about. You maybe hear a little bit of this rubble from Atlas. There's a few specters and shapes, but you have no way of getting your bearings. What skill do you want to use to get your bearings straight? I'm going to use survival. I'm just going to try to quiet my mind for a minute and try to not focus so much on the fact that the water is rushing around me. But I'm going to use my infrared vision to see the heat signatures of any of my comrades. Unnatural 20. You do see them. So where where about is everybody in relation to where I'm at? So we'll say about 15 feet, you can see what you would assume to be Ray's body kind of holding on to something. Atlas is about five feet behind you and you don't see Artixis or Tauntaun. And so the water is rushing in. Is there any space between like the surface of the water and the ceiling? Like you'd be able to swim up and catch your breath or is it all just submerged in water? It's all submerged as if the magic or the energy that was creating this barrier just collapsed at the exact same time that the Capoeira was killed. I'm gonna take my grapple and I'm gonna grapple hook myself to the hole in the wall and like kind of use the rope as a guide to pull myself over to the hole. Atlas, please roll me. <laughs> Die 100. Uh, I love that laugh. 15. It is scrambled from the water and it doesn't go off. Artixis, I need you to go ahead and make another life or death saving throw. Oh boy. I'm using an uh, inspiration. I got it up. Another 13. Another success. I'm going to go after Artixis and the bard. Allowing the, the current to take you, you are able to move double speed. Before you know it, you find yourself next to Ray's body. Ray's just kind of holding on. I need you to use any skill to see if you can find a way through the rubble. The rubble has almost effectively collapsed and co coalesced around the edge of this hallway where there already was rubble, but now more has added. I'm going to attempt to shoot it. Okay. Will you please roll me, Ray, a die 100? 30. 19 plus 6 to hit. Like a flash of lightning in the water. Some of the rubble gives. You see a little bit of a hole start to appear. You're going to need to do more. Artixis, go ahead and make a life or death saving throw. As uh, a 19. Ooh. Artixis, you are stabilized. The collar around your throat allows you to continue to breathe, although you find yourself in a dreamlike state somewhere within the confines of this underground place. Yeah, I'm gonna take another shot. Basically, my goal is to make the hole big enough because the water is rushing somewhere. What is Bartholomew doing? Uh, in this instance, Bartholomew would be uh, trying to dig after Artixis, probably. So he's helping me with the hole. Both Bartholomew and Clive have now moved up and are fully attacking the debris. 
Nine to hit. 17. Bartholomew hits the wall with this force ring that goes and again there's like another white light and the water ripples backwards from the force of it. Five damage. A little bit more of an opening seems to appear. The water is starting too slow. The rushing is starting to become less. It's starting to become a little bit more calmer. With that opening, can uh, Alice, could he like just stick his upper body slightly in there and just like, I don't know, almost like pull it open some or like hold the rubble up in a sense so the other people can just go through? Yeah, go ahead and make an acrobatics roll. 12. <laughs> 12. <laughs> you get in there. You, what you can see on the other side is it's pretty dark, but you see more debris has lodged down into the pit and it's about 20 feet down. You see the body of the dragonborn in the skin suit just kind of floating about. You also see Artixis and Tauntaun. Now you want to try and push it open. So give me give me an athletics roll. 13 plus 7, 20. You make enough space that then the rocks give away a little bit and some of it starts to kind of pull into the room and start to fall to the ground below. The water has completely slowed and now all of you can squeeze your way through and you all see Artixis, Tauntaun, and the White Dragonborn. And you see what was before like a part of the flooring being destroyed can now be traversed swimming to the other side where you see another hewn hallway. Bartholomew is uh, waggling all four of his tiny stubby legs and crazy little dog paddle to try to get to Artixis. Ray's going to the dragonborn mm. and trying to pull it to safety. Clive is going to try to rescue Tauntaun. As you finally get everyone to kind of like start pulling them away, getting rubble off of them, swimming up, that's when the water starts to recede and it starts to almost like get pulled backwards. Very slowly, it starts to form the bottom and the top again. It seems like it has a little bit more of a current than it did before. And it seems as if where before it was the water was maybe, let's say up to Atlas's shins, it is now up a little past the knees as, as if the power that was holding it back is weaker. Immediately, you guys are assailed by the smell of rotten fish. Were we? My goal was to pull the dragonborn to safety on the other side. Was I able to do that? Yeah, I, I will, okay. I'm assuming that's where you guys yeah. wanted to go. Is it alive? So it's dead. You don't even need to make a check on that. Can I try to do, read the neural link on the dragonborn? Yeah, go ahead and make an interfacing check. That's a seven. You can't access it. I think I'm going to attempt to medkit Artixis back to life. So a medkit uh, is used for stabilizing. Unless you take the healer uh, feet, which mm -hmm. allows you to use a medkit to heal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll use a spray flush on him. Two, six. <coughs> oh, oh god <coughs> are we uh, what happened are, are, are we alive I, uh, 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 oh hi hi Hello. feeling alright oh, uh, my head really hurts 
Well, you drank a lot. Are you going to be able to move or? Uh, probably, yeah, give me a second. Uh, Bartholomew, help me up. Uh, I got to crawl up onto Bartholomew's back and. Yeah, I'll be fine. Just, I need to take a nap. I'm, all right, it's fine. We're good. Do you need an oil bath too? Uh, uh, yes. Yes, I would. I definitely need an oil bath too. Well, maybe this isn't the best place to be doing that right now. Let's let's get out of here first, and then then you can take your oil bath. I'm sorry. What's an oil bath? And Ray looks very thrown off. Uh, Bartholomew's joints need to be regularly oiled, and it, the easiest way to do that is to just dump him into a uh, a vat full of oil. Uh, lubricates the whole mechanism at the same time, you know. So he was suggesting. You need to be lubricated. It's, I don't, don't, don't think too hard about it. I'm thinking hard about <laughs> it. <laughs> as Ray says that, Atlas, you turn back to go towards Tauntaun, and you know he's laying partially submerged in the water, the same long nose or wizened eyes closed, but you see as the skin is starting to tighten to the skull. And there's like a faint breath. But he's not moving. The other weird part is the chest isn't rising with the breath. The skin seems to then tighten and then pull down so that it completely wraps the bones of his of his body like shrink wrap. The hair begins to kind of fall off and the eyes begin to sink in. And then the skin begins to turn like almost like parchment. Kind of cracks, brittle and then starts to get washed away. The water around him kind of turns like a faint brown. And what's left is like a man left halfway between life and death. A skeletal visage, no nose, just eye sockets without eyes. Some skin still on the body, but he wears the same clothes and you can see these red tattoos that wrap almost as if carved into the skull and the bones and the skin with a sharp pointed stick and it wraps up along the sides of his neck and up over the top of the skull where there is now no longer any hair you can see some on these like half skeletal disjointed hands should i kill him before he does anything bad well i he hasn't uh, done anything yet what um what I, I've listened to him talk every night for like two months now, and I've never seen him do that. Um, here, bring him over here. Let me see if I can... Uh, I, someone's going to touch him? I mean, I'll put gloves on. Can I use the infrared and see if he's putting off a heat signature or not? Yes. There is a heat signature, but it's not spread out through the whole body equally. There is just one faint heat signature coming from the center of his chest below all the clothes i can see that as well right anybody who is a synth can right. yeah i'm gonna rip his uh, shirt like off and what you see is an open rib cage floating in the center this got heart but the heart is both like shrunken flesh and it puts off an extremely high amount of heat like a hot coal and immediately steam kind of comes up up off of it with the
the room begins to kind of fill and become a little foggy. Well, I wouldn't touch that if I were... I, I, we don't know what it is. I wouldn't touch it. I, uh... Can I do an insight check? 23. Ray, you stare at it for a while, and then you just get this sudden urge that it doesn't feel evil. I mean, of course, you've never seen anything like this. Does it appear to be artificial, like synth-like, or does it appear to be more organic? Can I roll a check on that? Yeah, biology check. 10. It's not artificial. It seems very, very organic. But there's some some other element an element to it that you would almost put in the same category of the cape Arbe. and then can i check to see if he has a neural link because it is mostly skeletal there is no neural link artixis mm. uh, yeah from the stories that he told you does it seem like there's a specific time frame or something any story that maybe he focused on or not what I've noticed of uh, listening to his stories is he is very knowledgeable about um, ancient tales, um, things from long ago, and typically things that uh, someone of his stature should not be uh, or, or would normally be apprised of. Uh, he said, uh, he's told a number of tales that um, I would think the, um, think the Federation would have uh, um, wished washed from history. I, I'll be honest, I don't know I don't know what this is, but he um, he's definitely more knowledgeable of uh, just general tales and mythology than any uh, any traveler who's ever come into Asmoria before. Artix is gonna stop and hold on, I need to clear my head. Um, I'm gonna roll some hit dice. Artix is gonna pull out a couple of syringes and uh, shoot himself with some adrenaline and Clive is going to take like an arm bone. Maybe there's somebody back at the village or somebody with the acers who would have any idea. As you go to take the arm bone, it is there is still sinew holding it together at the joints. You start cutting. <laughs> the heart goes... <laughs> <laughs> the heart goes dimmer. His head falls back to the ground. What? No, 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 I'm going to stop mid-cut. I'm going to I'm gonna come over and... Uh, oh, God, oh, Jesus. Uh, somebody, had, 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 somebody had me a spray flesh. Um, I'm going to cast Cure Wounds and have my nanobots come out and see what I can do here. The spray flesh I'm going to administer primarily over uh, the gaping hole in his chest. <laughs> um, and then the uh, cure wounds, I'm going to um, mend the ins the cut ligaments. The energy in the starts to suffuse the nanobots going to work where they can. And slowly, these like orange coal-like dots start to appear in the eye sockets. <laughs> The head cracks. <laughs> Looks at all of you looking down at it. Doesn't say anything at first. Raises a skeletal hand. Looks at it. Then sits up and pulls its the ripped shirt closed. So 
And my secret is no longer such. Oh, I wouldn't worry too about too much about that. We all have secrets, you know. I uh some I'm a little worried about it. What the hell are you? I He stands up. I'm thankful. Without knowing that you, tr- you cut at his arms, rubs it. Clem's just like looking around like, oh, this game is really, really nice. Uh, it's it's nice to be thankful, but you also look gross. What are you? Well, that's not very nice. I, I'm not going to say I was nice. I am a Zerastin. What's a Zerastin? And her gun is still drawn, and she still looks very on guard. It's a world blacklisted from the Federation. Or what was once the Federation. Exastar. Maybe 15 parsecs or so. My people, we are a... You would call a majocracy. And... Well, I didn't like it. I left. I left for many reasons. I came here to try and understand more about this world. Ballastar has many, many commonalities with Zexastar. Then he looks down at himself and he points to where the where you guys know the heart is. Both of us, Zastar and Ballastar, are one of the core planets created by entities long ago. Seated with Ayun stones, what you would once call magic. The people of my world are infused with it. This, this is how we appear. This is who we are. And if I don't find a way to stop them, the Eternal Throne will consume the whole left by the Federation. Wait, so that's... So you, that's why you know so much about the Capoarabe is because... They're birthed from the same origin as you, just on a different planet? In a way. Once, my people were no different than yours. Sure, outwardly we were different, taller maybe, but on the inside, just normal creatures. But these worlds, they contain echoes of the gods. And it's that power changes us. It is the same thing that the elves of this planet once stumbled on. But until now, I've not found anything outside of that shrine that would suggest more. Well, I would probably, I would suspect the Federation has probably done its best over the last, uh, what has it been, thousand, two, three thousand years to erase history yes and before them others can i uh just quickly can i insight check tauntaun see how truthful this sounds coming from a zombie yeah 13 seems truthful enough i can tell you he seems very thankful for what you guys did he also seems very watchful not of you but of the surroundings the eyes then snap back to Clive. Did you see it? Did you see the elf within the Kabarabe? No. I don't believe so. I might have saw some sort of <clears throat> image in it, but to be honest, I wasn't 
all focused on I was more focused on surviving at that point. What do you, what do you mean by an elf within it? Well, you, I grabbed onto you. You saw it. I, I, I was also kind of wavering in and out of consciousness, but I, 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 I saw something swimming away. Um, after uh, while while the water was rushing and you and I got sucked away, I saw something. Um, it looked vaguely uh, humanoid, elf-like. Um, but uh, turns to Ray. The elves were. Um, the elves of Balistar were the ones who evolved into the Capoarabe. Being infused with the elemental magic of this planet uh, caused them to take this um, aquatic form, seemingly being able to be uh, be made and uh, form themselves of water. But it was um, an unfortunate byproduct of them utilizing the magic of this world to raise the continents. Um, that's bizarre. Well, uh, yeah, it's uh, also uh, it's a cruel irony that the very uh, land that they rose from this uh, watery planet, uh, they were no longer able to inhabit. That's life, though, right? The elf. I didn't see much before I hit my head. But it looked like it was in pain. That moment when you, when you killed it. The spirit of it, or perhaps the thing inhabiting the the interior, moved like a shadow past me. Except it didn't seem intent on killing us. It looked pained, tortured. Well, that's not always a bad thing to be pained and tortured. Uh, I I would disagree. I think both of those things have rather negative connotations. (laughs) Well, I mean, sometimes the effects out of them are fantastic. And I'm creepily petting my mouse. Actually, your mouse is in oh. Bartholomew's compartment so it doesn't die. Are we underwater still? Uh, no. Okay, I'm going to get my mouse out. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, I kind of bonk Bartholomew on the head. Thanks, Bartholomew. And now I'm creepily petting my mouse. Not always bad to torture people or to be tortured. Good effects come out of it. I have a number of questions, but there are bigger things at hand right here. Well, so you said it seemed pained. I didn't get much of a glimpse of it. I just kind of saw the shadow. Well, the the vessel that crashed through the exterior wall of the rice fields, the the thing that is burrowed down here and, uh, well, broken through this temple. Do you think that it was just resting or existing here and, uh, it's just been disturbed, or? I don't know much about resting, but I do think it was disturbed. I mean, I would probably be disturbed if a giant space pod fell through my house, too, but I would guess that there's more to this than meets the eye. Now these these Kappa, they have the ability to manipulate water and whatnot. Would they also have the ability to call the Hydras? Nods his head, and it kind of cracks. Maybe the Hydra, maybe if, if whatever this creature was was in pain and was disturbed, maybe the Hydra aren't trying to attack 
you know, the rice fields of the, you know, the town, but maybe they were just coming in defense of this kappa if it was really in pain. Because this temple lies underneath the rice fields. Would it be effective to try to talk to it? And if it goes poorly, kill it? As you say that, there is like this deep... Where it almost just sounds like distant pounding. It seems to be coming southwardly and like up and out. It doesn't sound happy. And so worst case scenario, we talk and it goes bad and we kill it. Well, I think we need to find out... Because it seems like whatever has disturbed it must have been this space pod. I think we need to find out where this thing came from. Uh, not to mention that we also need to find a way out of here considering our uh, entrance was caved in. So a conversation would be helpful. Probably. Uh, so I would save the killing unless we have no other choice. Um, yeah, but I'm just happy to do it when the time comes. <laughs> I think I, we know that by now. Yeah. It's, I, I think Atlas enjoys it as well. It's quite a pleasure comes from it, huh, Atlas? Is this a part of the job? You know, you and I are different. Killing for you is part of the job. Killing for me is much, much more. You know, I have some doctor friends who would uh, probably have a heyday with your psychology. Atlas, go to make a perception roll. Uh, 15. As they're going back and forth this conversation, you kind of run your eyes across the area that you're in. It seems to be, it's a hallway that runs about 30 feet, traverses east to west. One side has an embossed carving of the elf from the room before, that regal elf. And it has an outline of what almost looks like water around it. The elf wears a headband that has four, what you would guess to be gems in it. Mind you, this is all just a carving. The only thing that is colored, however, are the gems. Um, They are all like an aquatic blue with the center a dazzling yellow like that of the sunshine. Across from that, on the easternly wall, there is a door set in it. The door is partially open from the force of the water. There's no lights that come out from it. And northwardly, there are steps that lead up to a stone door that is jammed shut from what you can see. After looking at all that, your eyes trail down to the body of the dragonborn, and you can see a side satchel. Out of the side satchel, just barely poking out, is a golden round something. I also grab the golden round something. You pull back the bag, and you see an egg. It is almost strikingly similar to that of the symbol on the canisters, similar to the coat of arms from the group of fighters who unleashed the weapon on you way, way long ago. And it is cold to the touch. So I'm going to stick the egg in the water and see if anything like lights up or if anything like changes or anything. There's nothing. Nothing happens. Okay. Alice will just put the egg away on his person in the most secure place possible. Ray is losing her patience at this point, and so she's just going to go into that stone door. Yeah. Artixis is like walking up to the door to start to examine like the carvings, and, and Ray just like pushes right past yeah. it. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. You know, we just, we got to talk to this thing if we're going to do something, and it seems like it's in that direction. Yeah, we should probably knock first. Give like a sarcastic knock, and then I push it open. 
and the door swings open. And on the other side, you see this large chamber, a chamber that has been cultivated on the edges to have these like viney, like seaweed elements growing up out of the sides. The chamber itself is built so that it looks like something out of a palace. But towards the center, you see what looks like this column of water that rises out of all of the water on the ground and, and it rises up and connects to the ceiling. It is a uh, it is an aquatic blue with the bottom part getting like a darker black. Past it, you see what looks like a council of elven statues and they all have their hands cupped and there are like again these gems that have been carved into them that have like that bluish yellowish tint all the statues are on their knees and seem to be blowing on these these gems and there's there's a reverence to the room there was another and you see further as you're kind of like sizing up the room it is about 50 feet going completely across it and there's these cracks beginning to form on the backside. It's getting louder. The cracks get bigger. And one of them begins to kind of like break and fall in. And you see the eye of a hydra on the other side as another one slams into it. It sounds like you're angry. Um, would love to chat. We don't know how to get out of here. I want you to go ahead and make a persuasion roll. Uh, wait, I I would really I I <laughs> I just came back to life about five minutes ago. Would really rather not do this again. Two. <laughs> the wall this time breaks open, and you see three hydra heads come flying into the room as far as their neck can stretch. And I think with that, that's where we'll call the game and pick up next time. Uh, <laughs> they in there by herself. So rude. <laughs> oh, no. I still don't have a weapon. My is, weapon got lost when we is, first came into this place. Is, uh, the hand. is he the coming hand. into the door with us? Or was he still on the ground? Ta Tauntaun got up and was kind of like following you. Okay. okay. Yeah. So Ooh. thanks for joining us for this episode of Starlight and can't wait to see what happens next. God. See you next time. See you later, spacers. Bye. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers. <laughs>